Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am excited to have with me Mary Whitman Ortiz. Hello, Mary. Hi, so glad to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you here. Mary is a sex educator and has an amazing testimony, amazing story. She does a lot of teaching and traveling. She's on TV and really helps couples get comfortable with their sexuality, specifically having, you know, just really empowering couples to have a healthy marriage and sexuality and talk about it. You're talking about this as if it's just normal. <laughs> and I'd say that that's, it could be. <laughs> yeah, well, it just, it's, it's one of your passions, really empower healthy sexuality and marriage. So why don't you first just kind of introduce yourself, tell us about yourself a little bit, and then we'll dive into your story a bit. Yes, yes. Well, I am happily married woman, have grown children. My husband and I love to jet ski. So we have a shared hobby, helps us to take these little mini getaways. And I never knew that that would be something that would be important to us. But yeah. now I realize that fun is not frivolous. Yeah, and all good. couples should make fun a priority. It mm. just is such a boost to your energy. It's a future focused activity because mm -hmm. it's bringing life. And we kind of stumbled onto ours, but I always encourage couples to keep looking for something yes. that you yes. can enjoy doing. Oh, I love that. That's so good. Tell me a little bit about before you knew that God was going to use you in this way. Tell me about some of the struggles that you've had and where you were at previously. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I grew up as a Christian, loved God, really just came to meet him on my own in the Catholic church. I didn't have language for that, but I always knew he was there and carried that into most of my life as I could, which means that when I was first married, I married a Christian man. And I thought I'm a Christian. He's a Christian. We'll have a Christian marriage. Yeah. Just like snap your fingers. And that's yep. what happens. Yeah. <laughs> and I was a little more prepared, but not a whole lot. My family of origin was not very open sharing the thoughts, the feelings, the needs, the dreams, you know, it just was not a part of our regular expression. There was some anger, there was some walking on eggshells. So I kind of carried that forward, certainly. And before we had language to say I had a victim mindset, or I had an orphan mindset, or I had a poverty mindset. All of those things were at place. The teaching was just not there. You know, I loved God, was pursuing, but still had these extra obstacles. And very shortly after I was married, I realized that things in our relationship sexually seemed 
off. Now, in my mind, I'm a Christian. He's a Christian. We have a Christian marriage. So it was a huge struggle. Why does this seem off if we are Christians? But did I have language or confidence to talk about it? No, the way it got skewed was just thinking it's my fault. Something's wrong with me. Uh, He said it was my fault. And I agreed with him because don't good Christian wives just silence their voices and agree with everything their husbands say. Yeah. Unfortunately, that was the mindset that I was under. Can I just ask a question? You had said things seemed off sexually. Would you mind sharing the details of what, cause I, I think there's other people that have experienced that. And yes. thinking, I know what this is like. I know what this is like. And you're putting name to something that many people have, are struggling with. Well, there never seemed to be enough and it wasn't just enough frequency. Mm. It was enough variety. I ceased mm. to feel like I was the loving, the loved spouse mm. that was invited to this beautiful exchange that that was not a component. I was a body in a bed. And once again, I could hardly identify with that because it's crushing. You think I've waited my entire life to have this beautiful Christian marriage. And then now this is what sex is. And I, I didn't have sex before I got married. So Mm -hmm. I really had a lot of unknowns, but my spirit was crushed. Yeah. Even though I didn't have the language, my spirit was crushed and I didn't know a way to address it. Then what happened? So you're taking it on. It's your fault. You're agreeing. Oh, sure. I lived for at least a decade feeling like I was in the doghouse because Mm -hmm. I'm in the doghouse if I don't do things the way he wants me to do it. Mm -hmm. And then when I finally participate, and I didn't think I waited that long to be available to him. But then when we had had sex, then he kind of didn't need me afterwards. So I was just sort of left off in the side. I'm like, oh my gosh, I really cannot win. I can't do enough. And when I do something that supposedly he wants and he likes, then he he just doesn't have any interest in me as this whole person. That must've felt so lonely. And no language for it. And so in my head thinking, I deserve this. This is just my life. This is, and keep smiling keep smiling, keep being sweet, keep praying. I mean, I didn't leave God. So I'm, it's, it's kind of a miracle. You're still being devoted to God. You're still being this good Christian woman, but thinking that there's something wrong with you and you're not doing enough. Yes. And so it was 10 years in before it was revealed that he had a problem with porn. And truly, we had been at a church service, a special weekend service, and there was a powerful outpouring of God's spirit and a man runs from the crowd to the altar, lays himself out on the altar and in a loud voice repents for pornography. Wow. So in the car, driving home from that event, I just randomly, although I know it was Holy Spirit driven, asked my husband at that time, do you have a problem with anything like that? And that was when he first divulged and he never answered more than I asked. And at first I didn't ask a lot of questions because it was 
icky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, it just felt so dirty on top of everything I was already experiencing. Yeah. But I I learned to ask more questions as time went on, found out he had actually been engaged with pornography since he was a teenager. So by the time it came forward, I think I did the math. I mean, it'd been almost 20 years he had already been participating. Now, I was still ignorant enough to think when he said, oh, I don't do it that often. And he gave several other excuses. I didn't realize that it, two things, it doesn't matter how much you're physically active because the images are in your brain. One time it just takes, yep. Mm -hmm. And then number two, abstinence does not equal deliverance. Yeah. Cause it's in your head. <laughs> Absolutely. So I was, I got caught up in the excuse mill okay. of yeah. all of the dialogue and we, in the next um, 15 years, I was still there and we went to see some counselors, truly none of the counselors were prepared to help us with this. They were still at one point blaming our, the marriage issues of shame, making wow. them be my issues oh, of, of shame regarding sex. It's actually sadly still really common. Women will still blame themselves and it's not healthy. I'm really glad that you're doing what you're doing because like you said, I didn't have language then. So I think right. there's more language that's coming out, but it's not like it's something that people are openly talking about. So then when it happens to you, you're not like, oh yeah, I have that friend or I have this neighbor. Mm-hmm. I have this mm-hmm. person that I knew about it. So then it, it, it there, I still feel like there is kind of a lot of pioneering happening. Yes. And what's interesting, so fast forward just a little bit. Now I speak at international summits that are themed on sexual integrity, and we can have up to 70 speakers. So the field the industry has has grown tremendously. Unfortunately, the need has grown tremendously, yes, but I'm like, where were those 70 professionals when I needed them? I found one Christian book and right. ended up That's having to go to the library yep. to find secular books about emotional abuse. It just was off the radar from what I had experienced. This could be a whole other topic, but <laughs> I know in the secular world, there's even talk about If you don't allow your husband to look at porn, then you are actually minimizing and you're suppressing that need. And I had somebody on a guest, a man who has struggled with porn. Actually, I've had a couple of them and they talked about how it pulls you away from God. Share a little bit about how did you find God in this? I mean, I know that God was with you, but how did he really help you to be empowered to make a choice for yourself and where you shifted out of that shame. Yes. And people often ask, what was your turning point? And there was a specific incident that I can go back to. And I was scrolling online and an article headline popped up and it said, why is your sex life important to your mother-in-law? And it got my attention. I'm sure that is what the title was designed to do. And I was just shocked because sex life, mother-in-law really did not go in the same thought pattern. Right, right. (laughs) But it pushed me to think. And I, at that time, thankfully have an older female cousin 
that I was able to begin to have some conversations with. And I began to be honest about what I was going through. And she was like, Mary, Mary, that's not how it's supposed to be. Oh, it's so good. Yes, yes. It's I'm so very good. thankful. So thankful to her. And we, we're still very close to this day, which is yeah. amazing. Yeah. And I began at that point, earnestly seeking the correct information, the full information, not just a religious legalistic mindset, not a secular mindset that was just pushing for more freedom and not protecting the whole idea of intimacy. And certainly they weren't bringing God's design. Right. And I ended up divorcing my husband, Mm -hmm. which I, after I realized he is not willing or able Mm -hmm. to make these changes. Mm -hmm. And truly I, the depth of the pain that I felt, Mm -hmm. I equate about that same time, there was a tsunami in Japan And I watched the images across the world of these people and they're utterly distraught. They've lost everything. It's just been washed away from them. And I thought, I know that pain. I, I lost my life as I knew it. There was some distance with my adult children and my church, my job, my house, my friends, even my siblings. There was a lot of separation that I put in place to get whole, but God met me. I went back to school, got my master's degree. I found a church at that church. Mm -hmm. I reconnected with a woman who had been my assistant manager at a store in another state who was a believer. And so like I had family, I had instant love support family. It was miraculous. God actually gave me billboards as signs to encourage me. And um, through that process, I met other divorced women trying to build their life back, trying to understand their identity. And every time God brought me new healing and new layers and levels of freedom, I'm like, well, I can minister from this because he's entrusted it to me. I felt the authority. I felt the anointing. And I continued then at that point to get more training because I wanted to be as equipped as I could. I was a certified life coach, did all these marriage trainings. And as God would have it, he brought a wonderful godly man across my path. And I got to learn new things about intimacy in a way to bring healing. So my personal and professional life began to sort of go in parallel with the freedom and the truth and the healing that I received as an individual. I was able to cross over with that and be able to share it with so many others. Wow. That is amazing. I'm so happy for you that you were able to get there, but how painful in the path. I want to go back to ask again, maybe I just didn't get some clarity on how did God flip it for you from that one article when you said mother-in-law and maybe I had to dive into it. What do you mean you had to dive into it? I mean, I had been praying, but I think I was finally able to see what I hadn't seen before. Which was what? that the scenario that I was in was not godly. It was not loving, even though it was Christian in name, Mm -hmm. that I was not being honored and valued. And I deserved 
to be honored and valued and that I had been living a lie. When you, when you first realize that someone else, your spouse, your spouse's words and actions don't match. Yeah. How can they say, I love you and not live? I love you. So yes. it was, it was that small season in life when I began I allowed myself to feel, I allowed myself to, because you are, oh my goodness, all of the arguments that go on your head Mm -hmm. that you keep in your head. Well, he says this about me. So that must be true about me, but it doesn't feel true about me. Well, how do I even act? So I had been caught in the cycle, which I later start to learn how that is emotional abuse. There were so many narcissistic tendencies that were at place. And I had been the victim of that. I had fallen prey to that because I did not have awareness understanding. So when I finally trusted God at that place of, I know you have something more true and more in line with love for me. And and I followed and let God reveal that. So tell me what that was like for you to have a husband who now honored you. What was that like for you? Because you do still remember what it was like to not feel honored and recognize, oh, wait, I am supposed to be honored. What was that like then to actually feel like he honored you the way that God designed? Well, I I do have many wonderful stories. Even before we got married, just judging his character as a man, because I had no idea. I dated, I had dated for like five years. I had 30 something first dates because (laughs) what does it feel like to be loved and cherished and appreciated? And how can I discern that? And I remember we were dating my husband now, and he gave me a gift certificate to a nail salon. And I was kind of like rolling my eyes or whatever. And he said, "Um, why don't you have your nails done? And I gave all kinds of excuses. Oh, I was a grad student. You know, I was working, et cetera, et cetera. And then I realized was not doing it because I didn't value myself. And here he was, we were just getting to know each other. He saw the value in me. He didn't just see it. He put feet, he put actions to it so that I could experience that. Wow. That's so little, but so big because you weren't in there. I think that there's a lot of women that don't do that. They don't value themselves or respect themselves. And they'll say, oh, it's no big deal. Or I don't need to do that. That's not important to me. And somehow, and you know what I actually think does that is pride. Oh, I think there's a spirit of pride where we're like, we know better. We're okay. You know, we're tough. And the reality is we're, we're blocking ourselves off from what God's intent is for us on this planet. That there is more room for his love, for joy, for peace to come in when we step open and say, you know what? I deserve to get my nails done. Amen. Amen. And to have a man see that for you is (laughs) awesome. Yes. I'm so happy for you. And I want to tell one other story because go ahead. so pivotal to how I became a Christian sex educator. So my husband today and I, um, we did not have sex before we got married. Yeah, We wanted to because yep. we were both thrilled that God was blessing us with each other, but we did not. And so on our wedding night, I actually had a surprise that was unpleasant in that I had so much pain mm. during intercourse. I got a little aggravated. I'm like, now God, mm-hmm. you brought me through all of that mm-hmm. to this point. Explain this to me. But the beautiful part and the honoring part was I didn't stay silent. 
I immediately spoke up because I knew it was safe. I mean, how much more vulnerable can you be at that moment? And God on our honeymoon in another country began Mm -hmm. to give us some, some steps and some language. And I truly believe that if that had not happened, I'd already had a lot of healing, but this pushed me the rest of the way. Like, don't settle for anything. Get all the healing that you need in your mindset towards sex and intimacy and God's design. So as we walked that out over the next few years, I also began to have my personal life mirror my professional life and and push beyond all those taboos because yes communication in marriage is so important but the things that you don't talk about that are so important and and sex was coming up more and more with my clients and I realized I want to be equipped and prepared to lead them and began doing so much research on what is God's original design? Go back to Genesis, go back to the Garden of Eden. You know, we're not even going with Song of Solomon. We're starting before that. And that gave me so much encouragement for my own life because I value, I value sexual intimacy in marriage, not just for the physical fun, but that we are reenacting God's covenant. We are partnering with heaven. We are aligning with our design. We're made, when God made man, he said, I'll make you an our image. So the whole relationship component is there. Every single time you choose to participate in sexual intimacy with your spouse in an honoring way, there's power there. Hmm. And I became a champion. I'm an unlikely champion, I say, except that, hey, God brought so much healing and wholeness to me. And that's why I I pursued it to share it with others. Wow. This is so good. What could you say to someone who is hearing you say that you guys did not have sex before marriage? How is there, what is, what is God's original intent to be holy, to be pure before marriage? Because that's, that's really gone out the window with many people, not even just secular, but with Christians. Oh, sure. And I do, I personally think it's because we just don't understand and Mm. also that it's not talked about enough. So could you help our listeners to understand God's intent for purity, his intent for holiness? Right. There is such a covering in marriage that is the only way to access all of the benefits, I believe, because we are spirit, soul, and body. For couples who engage in the physical act of sex, there are some benefits for that because there are hormones that are firing and, you know, there's many things that way, but we are spirit, soul, and body. So marriage is what provides the space for that oneness, for the blessings to just be multiplied. As a matter of fact, when he tells us to be fruitful and multiply, that is within marriage. And I think that has way more to do than just procreation. I think that what this does for you as an individual, how this impacts your family, your legacy, living in your purpose on this planet, all of that is an overflow and a part of the provision, sexual intimacy and marriage. 
What about couples who are married right now? I'd say it can happen more common with female where they're just kind of like not really feeling like it. And what's your advice for those couples where, you know, the, the husband's maybe saying, let's have sex. And she's saying, oh, I'm tired or using that excuse. What would you say to them? That is so common. And there's so many scenarios. I will throw this out. Sometimes there is a physical condition because I have women say, can I just take a pill or flip a switch? How can I make this happen? A lot of women, a lot of wives love their husband, want to participate, but their body is just not giving them the signals. And of course it is spirit, soul, and body. And I believe that there is a mental yes that has to happen even before your body can engage. And I counsel husbands and wives together on this because it is a mutual learning curve. Men, we know the expression of um, men are like waffles and women are like spaghetti. I actually know Pam Farrell who wrote that book, but men can compartmentalize, whereas women connect everything together. So men have an easier access to their sexual desire. It's just, okay, it's in this box. We're going to go right there. We can, we can just ignore the other boxes. Whereas women have that connect the dot thing and, and they need to understand this about each other, mm-hmm. that their bodies are different. Their emotions are different. And we know that in our head, but to give some practical steps, because I always coach husbands that your wife needs words and non-sexual touch. Yeah, that's good. Before anything else is really going to happen. And the day of the quickie being the rule of thumb is not the norm and it's not the healthy goal. I, I mean, I'm not opposed to that. And I think that there's spontaneity. I think there's just an overflow of, of connection. But planning for intimacy and romance for intimacy is not something to roll your eyes over. This is spirit, soul, and body. This is the whole person coming together. And it takes both husband and wife having some of that information so they can commit to it and, and realize it's not your fault. It's not your fault that we want them working together on this. So there has to be this heart change of, yes, I want to have sex with my spouse. So if, if a wife is sitting there thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so tired. I don't want this. I don't want this. She's already preparing herself for the doom and gloom instead Mm. of the life that God designs. And so you're saying in her heart, she needs to say, I want my husband. God, thank you for my husband. I want to have sex with him. Help me to enjoy this. And so there has to be this internal yes to God for sex for her husband before then entering into when he asks, she's going to be more apt to say, okay, I want to, instead of the attitude of I'm tired. Definitely. I also have a whole list of transition activities that I share with my couples because there are physical things and emotional things, spiritual things that you can do to get yourself ready. It can almost be a fun activity, a game for the husbands and wives to go on that journey. I I have stories of they have a certain pillow and that pillow goes on the bed when they're anticipating one another. They (laughs) they send the, the flirty text to each other. They, they start the engagement, so to speak, in the kitchen at breakfast. So there are many, many ways, practical ways to yeah. make that be a joint experience. It's not just up to the wife to get her stuff together to make it happen. You know, that's just another layer of shame 
and it's That's, not an image yeah. of oneness. So it is yeah. an us project for sure. I would love it for you to be able to pray with our listeners. Um, but before you do that, is there any other advice that you really want us to be able to get and anything else that you could give us? Well, you tapped into this a little bit earlier, and I think the number one contributing factor to healthy intimacy, should have a drum roll now, mm-hmm. <laughs> is self-value, yeah. self-value. And certainly as a believer, I am getting that from God, but I'm partnering with it and I'm maintaining it and stewarding it because a, a person who has a high sense of self they can engage in intimacy. They can freely share their desires, their preferences, their dislikes. They know that no is just as acceptable as yes within marriage. So self-value is the cornerstone. And we brush right past that and go straight to the sex mm-hmm. skills. And the if you are focusing only on the mechanics of sex, then you will not succeed. You will have to increase it more and more. There's not enough black lace on the planet to make up for a low self-value and a foundation of trust in the marriage. That was good. There's not enough black lace that will allow us to love ourselves. That is so good. <laughs> that is really good. The self-value would also allow someone to be able to recognize if there's an unhealthy choice happening or unhealthy behavior, like, oh, what's going on here? This isn't right. This isn't okay. I value myself. And then you could question, hey, is there something else going on? Have you been looking at porn? Is there, it's where you'd be able to see maybe your spouse is doing something that maybe isn't helping the marriage. And, or cheating, or, you know, it's, it's, you can get curious because you're already in that place of, I love who I am and you're valuing yourself. Go ahead and pray for our listeners, whatever you feel the Holy spirit leads. And then I'd love for you to share how they can get a hold of you and find more about you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Father God, I thank you that you are so good and that we can come to you, we can trust you, we can feel your love, we can just be immersed in your love. And I pray for our listeners and viewers here that you will touch them right where they are. And if sexual intimacy has been a hidden issue, a shameful issue, Father, that you will lovingly shine your light and your truth on them. If there are ways that they've been hurt, that they need healing, Father, that you will line up that word of truth that is going to begin their process of healing and wholeness. And I thank you, Father, for just um, letting your original design just bubble up within them, that we know we are created in your image. And so it's there. And I pray for that awareness and that recognition of, of what your design is and that courage that they won't stop until they begin to experience more and more of what you have planned for them. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. See a lot of couples getting healed just from listening to you and even just hearing your courage to make something that people don't normally talk about as a normal thing to talk about. So thank you for your courage and your vulnerability today. How can our listeners get a hold of you and find more information about you? Yes, I would really love to connect with people. My website is Mary Whitman Ortiz. 
And that's the same for Facebook and Instagram. I have a YouTube channel. So I have so much information out there for people to begin to take some simple steps. But it is possible to get to this place of intimacy where you're really incorporating God's love in a way that brings wholeness and just something that you've always dreamed of. Yeah. I mean, because it impacts more than just your sex oh. life. It impacts oh, yeah. other parts of your life. Um, so I'm going to just spell out your website, which is www.maryhitmanortiz.com. And I just want to do that for our podcast listeners to make sure that you have that correctly. Mary is available for guest speaking, for teaching. You're stepping into doing more teaching of teaching the trainer, correct? Yes. Yes. That's right. Yep. So you do education for couples at churches, but even on um, secular TV, you're different spheres right now, but you are also doing more creating a curriculum to actually train therapists and coaches and people in ministry. Is that correct? That's correct. I need to duplicate myself because the need is great and the solutions are great too. We just need to match them up there. Yes. And I particularly appreciate what you're doing by talking about this in Christian circles. Cause Mm. like you said, there is a lot of secular information out there, but not very much that is Christian. So thank you for what you are doing. Absolutely. Glad to be a part of it. Yes. And thanks for being on the show too. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.